0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way. T H E O U A I dot com. Promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together.
1: If you think of our immune system as our border patrol, um, that's where uh, invasions come across our wall. And Our immune system is there to fight the invasion. Now, that brings up another really important point. People talk about, well, I need to eat anti-inflammatory foods or I need to take anti-inflammatory supplements. If there's a forest fire going on, and I can assure everyone watching and listening that there's a forest fire in most of us, trying anti-inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory supplements supplements is like battling a forest fire with a garden hose and what we have to do is we actually have to seal the border if you will before any of these other things are going to have any effect and that's why i see so many patients in my practice and i see patients six days a week even on the weekends Uh, and i've been doing this for 21 years now Uh, people can't fight a forest fire with a garden hose
2: together welcome to better together with me maria menounos hey better together fans it's better together with maria menounos and of course as you may have guessed i'm not maria menounos i'm mr maria menounos subbing in for my beautiful and talented wife and today we're going to cover a subject i know that hits home with i would pretty much say everybody kelsey right
3: yeah Oh, yeah. Like
2: today more than ever, and we're going to find out why today more than ever that this hits everybody and how we can fix it, but it's having a lack of energy. And uh, I'll start with the quote today. The quote of the day, which relates to that we are overfed but underpowered. Fatigue and brain fog is a widespread epidemic. As I just said, that is from Dr. Stephen Gundry. And a little more about uh, Dr. Gundry. Dr. Stephen Gundry has always been on the move for the next big medical revelation, working tirelessly uh, initially as a heart surgeon while creating several innovations in the field of cardiovascular health. When he experienced firsthand proof of how diet can heal us, he shifted his focus to nutrition and holistic medicine in favor of surgery and prescriptions. Today, he is here to discuss something more specific, namely something so many of us suffer from, that is the loss of energy. For those who constantly feel tired or rely on caffeine and other stimulants, like I do, Dr. Gundry is here for you. We will talk about loss of energy, why we feel so depleted in most cases, and how we can get our energy back. Better together In the Heal Squad, welcome Dr. Stephen Gundry, author of the Energy Paradox book. Dr. Gundry, this uh, I am so excited to dive in because um, I'm a leading candidate for this, but I, Everyone I know is, uh, you know, and, and of all ages too. I see, you know, people in their early twenties, you know, all the way up to people in their sixties. Um, so thank you, doctor. And maybe doctor, we start out with, uh, and I know this is in the book, but you know, how did we get here? Because at 30 or 40 years ago, this did not seem when I was a kid looking up at my parents and grandparents, this did not seem as big of an epidemic.
1: No, you're right. Uh, this did not occur. Uh... Really, until probably about fifty years ago, and in fact, there are cultures that I study around the world where I'm chasing a ninety-year-old sheep herder up a hill, and right. you know, ha- have a hard time, you know, keeping up with the guy, and it's going. And there's actually cultures that don't even have words for describing tiredness; it just it doesn't exist. Right. So, uh, actually I actually wrote this book because I. I was driving in uh in orange county southern california to do a uh, a promo for a pbs special i do uh, earn some money for public television and uh, this person uh, i get a call that this person wasn't going to come in today to do this promo with me because um she didn't have it in her to oh. come in to the studio yeah and i went and this was a millennial and i went Wow, um, how how is it that we've come to a place where, you know, I don't have it in me today to you know come to work because you know I'm so exhausted. And you're right, this is an epidemic. It strikes uh, well over sixty percent of Americans if they when they search Google, one of the number one searches is fatigue and being tired, and that's just crazy and. We think it's our modern lifestyle. We think it's the stress of our modern lifestyle. It needs that we need, you know, three double espressos several times mm-hmm. a day. Yep. We need an energy bar and uh, we don't. Uh, the point of all the, of this book is these are signs from our body that something in the inner working of how we produce energy uh, has gotten really screwed up. And uh, we can talk some more about that. Yeah,
2: and you know it's funny. Uh, My uh, father-in-law, Costas, is uh, you know big on the Mediterranean diet. He moves a lot, and this guy, I never see him. I've never seen him nap ever. He's now seventy-eight. He works, and Kelsey knows this about Mm -hmm. fourteen or fifteen hours a day. And he tells me when he goes back to the village in Greece, he said, "Kevin, the old men who I saw as a little kid, they're still there." (laughs) they're still there and he and he his his grandfather lived to 110 and he said until chernobyl came then people started getting cancer when you know the chernobyl meltdown happened but other than that and you know and then i'm i've seen those other cultures as well um there's there's something uh and and i kind of know the basics of how certain foods inflame us but uh, let's get into that more you you talk about in the book how Inflammation will actually steal our energy, and I know those those three L's. But but can you talk about the the how it steals energy from us? Yeah, that's a
1: that's a great question, and I think really one of the best examples that brings this home is a study that I talk about in the book, and was done by Duke Duke researchers and researchers. Um, a lot of research has been done with this tribe in Tanzania called the Hadzas. And the Hadzas are one of the last hunter-gatherers uh, on earth, and uh, they're extremely healthy, they're extremely fit, they're extremely thin, and the men traditionally walk, oh, eight to ten miles every day, uh, hunting a big game with bows and arrows. Uh, the women walk three to five miles every day, gathering tubers, digging up tubers, getting berries. And... So the researchers said, wow, you know, these are very active people. I bet you their energy expenditure is through the roof, and that's why they're thin and healthy. Let's compare their energy expenditure, their production, to desk workers.
0: It's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love
1: it. Good states, And I'll bet you we're gonna find, uh, you know, the Hadza's tons of energy production, the desk workers, not so much. Lo and behold, they found that the energy production by the desk workers was identical to the Hadzas that were walking, you know, eight to 10 miles a day. And, you know, when when we have an assumption in research and it doesn't come out the way we thought it was gonna come out, sometimes we say, well, the only explanation is that all of us produce the same amount of energy, no matter how you know much we walk and how much we sit. And that doesn't pass the sniff test as far as I'm concerned. So what's happening that the desk workers are using as much energy as the Hadza's is that most of the energy for the desk workers is being done to produce inflammation. And we, we've heard of inflammation now, but inflammation is basically a war that goes on between our immune system and basically leaky gut, things that come through the wall of our gut, whether it's particles like lectins that I've written about, proteins in plants, whether it's actually pieces of bacteria that I've written about called LPSs. And 80% of our immune system actually lines our gut wall because that's where trouble comes from. And so there's literally a major war going on every day in us here in the West. And that war takes huge amounts of energy. And that energy isn't available to our muscles. It isn't available to our brain. That's why we all have this brain fog that we can't beat. And that's why the Hadzas who were so active have the same energy expenditure as a desk worker because it's going into a completely different gotcha so
2: so just to clarify so so those three l's they they don't have the leaky gut they don't have the lectins and i want to talk about the lectins they don't have what was the other l doctor
1: lps's lipopolysaccharides
2: (laughs) okay and so because of our diet, we are having these things happen, and our body is working harder to combat these things, which is giving us the brain fog, taxing our energy, where whatever they're eating is being processed properly and is is giving them the energy they need to do their day. Is does that is that accurate?
1: That's accurate.
2: Correct. Okay, and then what I found so interesting in the book, and you just said it, was that 80, 70 to 80% of our immune system's right there in the stomach.
1: Correct. It's there because that's where, if you think of our immune system as our border patrol, um, that's where uh, invasions come across our wall. And our immune system is there to fight the invasion. Now, that brings up another really important point. People talk about, well, I need to eat anti-inflammatory foods, or I need to take anti-inflammatory supplements. If there's a forest fire going on, and I can assure everyone watching and listening that there's a forest fire in most of us, trying anti-inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory supplements is like battling a forest fire with a garden hose. And what we have to do is we actually have to seal the border, if you will, Before any of these other things are going to have any effect. And that's why I see so many patients in my practice. And I see patients six days a week. Even on the weekends. Uh, And I've been doing this for 21 years now. Uh, People can't fight a forest fire with a garden hose. They've got to actually remove the foods from their diet and the seven deadly energy disruptors that i talk about and then their energy comes back and, in and, spades
2: and i want to definitely go over those and in and, and backing up with these lectins because the description you make of these lectins made such sense about um and again this is you know me off the top of my head but that the seeds have sharp edges uh, you know in, in plants and that you know protect the plant and then they come in our body and they kind of tear linings in our stomach that cause the leaks but can you explain more about the lectins and and what what foods have the lectins in them that do this damage
1: so um simplistically plants don't want to be eaten and they don't want their seeds their babies eaten but plants can't run they can't hide they can't fight but they're chemists of incredible ability so they make proteins that are called sticky proteins or lectins that seek out sugar molecules to bind to. And from very elegant work by Dr. Fazzano, who's now at Harvard, showed that gluten, which many, many people have heard of now, is one such lectin that actually sticks to the wall of our gut and flips some switches that actually break the lining of our gut wide open. And when that happens, not only do these abnormal proteins get through our border, but also pieces of undigested food, pieces of bacteria all get across these holes in our border. Now, from a plant standpoint, this is a wonderful thing because when we get inflammation, we feel like crap. And we don't do well. And a smart animal says, you know, every time I eat this plant or this plant baby, I don't feel well or my energy tanks or I get a headache. I'm not going to eat that thing anymore. And the plant wins and the animal wins and everybody's happy. Humans, as we all know, are really stupid. Yes. And when we eat something that saps our energy, we keep eating it and have another cup of coffee. And that's the problem.
2: Wow. Yes. And, and, and when we talk about leaky gut, sometimes you can, you can experience that in a, in a, a bloated feeling where you'll see maybe your stomach protrude yeah. um, your
1: bowel movements, right. Can be correct. Right. Can either, you can either have loose bowels or paradoxically you can actually have constipation and both are compatible with the uh, leaky gut.
2: So, so those are two other symptoms, leaky gut, in, but also in terms of the low energy, um, So, so uh, lectins are glutens. What are some of the other lectins that maybe we should avoid?
1: Yeah. So there's lectins in beans, for instance, and legumes. They're in peanuts. They're in cashews. They're in the nightshade family, like tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, eggplant, even goji berries and chia seeds have lectins. Oh my. (laughs) They're in... Oats. Oats are one of the biggest mischief makers. They're in quinoa. (laughs) Now, there's two grains that don't have lectins. Sorghum and millet don't have lectins. And the good news is um, you can use a pressure cooker to destroy all the lectins except the gluten lectin. And so you can't pressure cook wheat. You can't pressure cook rye, barley uh, oats have a very similar, uh, protein as gluten and you can't pressure cook oats, but all the rest of them, you can pressure cook. You can
2: pressure cook. It's funny. Most of those things you mentioned are things that I consume too much of. And I suffer from all of this. I have fatigue. Um, I, I only do one cup of coffee a day only because that's my discipline, but I would do more, um, if I didn't have that discipline. I also, you know, usually you'll have to grab a try to grab a 10 or 15 minute nap and i just kind of use my will and adrenaline to power through but i feel like that i also do have the bloat and i'll see pictures of myself say oh my god my stomach's really like coming out there you're Um, you're pregnant (laughs) yeah yeah and and um and that's why uh um talk about uh well well let's move on to the gut buddies you talk about sure. the gut buddies, and th- those sound like to me like they're the allies that can help right our stomachs and 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 creating kind of um know better digestion to uh to resolve this
1: yeah the um so many many people now have heard of probiotics which are the friendly bacteria and i call them gut buddies in all my books and There's actually gang members that are the bad bacteria. And interestingly enough, the gang members actually take over our brains and actually control our hunger for sugars and actually saturated fats because it's actually what they love. On the other hand, gut buddies love prebiotic fiber, um, resistant starches, fibers, that they eat. Now, what's really exciting and really exciting about the energy paradox is there's a whole new class of biotics. So we got prebiotics, we got probiotics, and now we have postbiotics. And postbiotics are actually the farts and poops of bacteria eating prebiotics. And these Short-chain fatty acids and gases are actually a language, believe it or not, that our gut microbiome, that our gut buddies use to tell our mitochondria, the energy-producing organelles in all our cells, to make energy or to throttle back on energy production. And this discovery of postbiotics actually won the Nobel Prize for Medicine a few years ago. And as strange as it seems, our gut buddies literally talk to ourselves, to our DNA about how things are going down in the engine room, if you will, and to make more energy or to throttle back on energy. And let me give you a fascinating example that I use in the book. Um, Japanese researchers a few years ago uh, looked at uh, people with Parkinson's disease, which is an epidemic, uh, as many people know, along, along with Alzheimer's. And they found that the bacteria and people with Parkinson's disease in their gut didn't make hydrogen gas. And the Hindenburg was full of hydrogen gas. And so they said, well, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder what normal people do. And normal people actually have gut buddies that make hydrogen gas. And hydrogen gas is incredibly important for our brain cells and our mitochondria. So they gave people with Parkinson's hydrogen water. And this is literally water that has hydrogen dissolved in it. And lo and behold, their Parkinson's symptoms got better just because they...
0: All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused
1: their bacteria in their gut would make. So I actually tell people to embrace their uh, gas and actually step on the gas. Because if we give prebiotic fiber to our probiotics, to our gut buddies, they make this literal language that tells us to make energy. It, it's actually... It's so bizarre. It's hard to believe, but the evidence is just overwhelming. How important it is.
2: Like right, so, str- this is going to be a strange question. I'm, st- but if if you have, I I've been told if you have really foul smelling gas that something's wrong. Is that true?
1: No. Uh, it turns out that, for instance, f- foul smelling gas, particularly the rotten egg smell, mm-hmm. is hydrogen sulfide. And hydrogen sulfide is also another one of these gasotransmitters. And hydrogen sulfide is actually one of the best ways to rescue uh, mitochondria from dying. And I go into this in depth in the book and it gets pretty nerdy and geeky. Mm. But uh, yeah, the rotten egg smell is actually really good. And it turns out that, Cruciferous vegetables, things like cauliflower and broccoli and um, watercress uh, arugula, actually contain lots of sulfur molecules that are half of the equation of hydrogen sulfide. And that's probably why cruciferous vegetables are so good for you on a number of fronts. It enables you to make hydrogen sulfide gas. So a stinky a stinky fart can be a wonderful thing.
2: It's not a bad thing. Okay, and and when we talk about the the um the prebiotics, probiotics, postbiotics, um, you know th- those are foods that are good in a in a soluble fiber, right? Is it rich in so, right Correct.
1: soluble fiber?
2: And maybe can you explain the difference between insoluble fiber and soluble fiber?
1: Yeah. So there's um, a number of insoluble fibers, uh, things that we've been told are really good for you, like wheat bran, like oat bran, like rice bran, are actually the lectin-containing troublemakers. And one of the problems has been, since the introduction of whole grain goodness about 50 years ago, we've gotten more and more tired because quite frankly, cultures have always tried to get rid of those insoluble fibers before they eat them. I mean, can you imagine a uh, a French person having a whole wheat croissant or an Italian having whole wheat pasta? They've been throwing that part away. On the other hand, soluble fiber, which is very present in, um, For instance, asparagus is loaded with soluble fiber. Uh, uh, Artichokes, loaded with soluble fiber. Jicama, loaded with soluble fiber. The chicory family of vegetables, like radicchio, that Italian red lettuce, or Belgian endive, loaded with soluble fiber. Mushrooms, loaded with soluble fiber. So these are the things that actually our gut buddies think are the best things that ever happened to them. The tubers. like yams and sweet potatoes, particularly if you cook them and then cool them and then reheat them, you get what are called resistant starches. And resistant starch, as the name implies, are resistant to us digesting these starches, but they're left over for our gut buddies to eat. And our gut buddies in turn make these postbiotics that rev up our energy. They literally turbocharge our energy. Love. Wow.
2: Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, you also talk about smoothies and sometimes how, I know it's our kind of fast go-to, but then sometimes that that can be an overdue.
1: Yeah. One of the other things that surprises everybody is we have overloaded our system with fructose, fruit sugar. And sadly, fructose uh, literally cuts energy production. And I go into the book why this is. Uh, I have nothing against fruit, uh, but fruit is overused. 50 years ago, we only ate fruit in season. We didn't have 747s bringing blueberries from Argentina in January. Um, We had fruit in season. And now we have fruit 365 days a year. And what we show in the book is that a fruit smoothie, like before you're going to work out, is actually stopping your energy production it literally grinds to a halt and so it's one of the worst energy drinks that you can have and unfortunately we're we're inundated with fructose in our diet almost all processed foods ultra processed foods have high fructose corn syrup in them our fruit has been bred for sugar content let me give you a wake-up call one cup of grapes Uh, which isn't a whole lot has more sugar than an entire hershey's candy bar (sighs) yeah and not that i'm telling go eat a hershey's candy bar but i can tell you what i'd rather have yeah
2: And, and well we were i was always under the 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 conception that um that the sugar in the grapes uh, was a better kind of sugar for
1: you than... The it's p- actually a worse kind of sugar for you. Oh, stop it. F- fructose is the way to deplete energy. It actually jams up our energy-producing system in our mitochondria. It was designed to do that. It was designed to actually make us store fat for the winter. And one of the reasons we're all getting so fat is we're eating fruit 365 days a year. We're always getting ready for the winter that never comes. In fact, great apes only gain weight during fruit season. And this is something I wrote about actually 16 years ago. Um, They only gain weight during fruit season because fruit makes us store fat
2: it's so wow. it right it is wow and it's it's helping me understand even maria's father who i mentioned earlier even better because he is a type 1 diabetic of 54 years and yet no loss of vision no numbness in the limbs no loss of limbs nothing and as i said he functions more like a 30 year old would even in a healthy 30 year old not even a, an average um and as i realize now the his one blind spot has been the fact that he'll run his sugar low rather than high. So he's, he's so uh, vigilant that um, he will not consume uh, the bad starches. He will only have, if, if he's going at, like he's, his sugar's at 40 and he's about to have a uh, pass out. That's the only time we can force him to drink juice uh, of some kind. And as I'm putting together everything you've said today already thus far and then how he's put this into play on practical terms this is a man that never like i said i've never seen him nap i've never seen him nod off and get groggy i've never seen in and, and it he's yeah and even the only fruit he eats a doctor is cactus fruit which yeah, i would joke and say i said seeds in water what is this <laughs> I'm Like this is all it. this is not a fruit and he loves it that's the only thing he'd eat
1: yeah, no, and actually, it's actually a, a very safe fruit. It's mostly prebiotic fiber, and that's, it's actually feeding <laughs> it the gut I mean, and this is
2: someone from a village with no running water or electricity, no formal education, and I, I just, I've, I've,
1: it's, he's figured it out. Um, he, yeah, I mean, I have an NFL football player who's a type 1 diabetic that he competes with a blood sugar of 36, literally. And he runs a hemoglobin A1C of 4.6. And people do not believe him. Um, You see all these commercials for, I got my A1C down under 7. We give gold stars in my office for anyone who has a hemoglobin A1C less than 5.0. And this guy, a type 1 diabetic, uh, runs 4.6, 4.7. And he competes with a blood sugar of 36.
2: And this is Costa, this times he's 40 and people would be like, wait, and, and we hear doctors say someone would be, he did what? He was doing painting or lifting this yeah. or carrying it. Yeah. and yeah. And wow, well, not that I, yeah, it gets scary sometimes too because he goes so low. So I don't like, I'm not saying that to promote it, but yes, it, it, this is all making such sense. So is are there any fruits that, I don't know, you could recommend that aren't as high?
0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it.
1: Yeah, there are low fructose fruits. Um they're um blackberries, they're raspberries. Uh blueberries, unfortunately, have been bred for sugar content, so mm. they're not as good as they once were. Uh, Grapefruit is actually a low fructose fruit. Kiwis may have the best benefit in terms of low fructose and fiber of of them. Also, pomegranate seeds and passion fruit are two very low fructose uh, fruits. But don't go drink pomegranate juice. Uh, Eat the seeds. Um, they're, They're the good stuff.
2: I'm just still blown away by how my father-in-law has figured all of this out. It's incredible. Um, and, 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 and doctor like, so as we talk about brain fog that a lot of us have now, we think it's cause I'm always on the computer screen or I'm always on the phone or my mind's in 20 places. And I'm sure some of that's true, but, but you talk about how the brain can also suffer from inflammation.
1: Right. One of the things that it surprises most people, uh, we now have a very good blood tests to look for Leaky gut. And if you have leaky gut, the odds are you have leaky brain. And inflammation information is actually sent up to the brain, and your brain is activated to be ready for what's coming from the gut. And the cells in our brain that protect our neurons which are called glial cells or microglial cells they're basically the bodyguards uh uh, secret service of the brain and they actually get signals that come from the gut that there's trouble down below and to protect the brain cells at all costs and these guys fascinating videos you can even see them online of these glial cells actually eating the neuron dendrites where one neuron talks to another neuron cell to try and protect the neuron from this invasion that's coming up. And it's no wonder that we're foggy brain, we don't think right, where memory is kind of screwed up because this is now called neuroinflammation. So if you got leaky gut, you got leaky brain. And what this is, is a warning sign, because neuroinflammation is actually what's driving the epidemic of dementia, the epidemic of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. They're all tied in to leaky gut.
2: And I I always say, like, my heart goes out to anyone who has Alzheimer's or family members who do, because those are the diseases that don't just put you in peril, but everyone around you. You know, yeah. Because, you know, yeah,
1: because quite frankly, you know, the people who are the caregivers <sighs> for the dementia patients, they suffer in a way even more than the yeah. person with, with that yeah. disease. Yeah. You're right. And again, two generations ago, um, Parkinson's and um, Alzheimer's were oddities. They were not the rule. And they're, you know, they're very rare to see these sorts of things in people who don't eat our diet, who people who are not, quote, Westernized. But now we're seeing this epidemic. It's an epidemic. Uh, I mean, it's literally an epidemic. And the important information about that is regardless of what you see on TV, there is absolutely no treatment or cure for Parkinson's or for uh, Alzheimer's. But it is totally and completely preventable and often salvageable by the minute you see this sort of thing, it can be stopped in its tracks. And that's what we do in our clinic as well. Um, With,
2: uh, I have so many questions now. Um, With regard to leaky gut, if, if, what are the, I mean, okay, I guess the bloating and the lack of energy and the constipation or diarrhea seems to be an indication, but what is the actual test? I didn't know there was an actual leaky gut test. Can you tell us what the specific test is that we can ask our physicians about?
1: Well, so uh, Medicare insurance doesn't pay for it, number one. Uh, Number two, if I was going to have one test that I would ask my physician to tell me my fate, it would be a fasting insulin level, not a hemoglobin A1C, not a fasting blood sugar, not a glucose. It would be a fasting insulin level. And the reason for that is about 80% of Americans have pre-diabetes or insulin resistance. And as I tell my Uh, Women patients telling you you have pre-diabetes is like telling you you're a little bit pregnant. Um, There's Hmm. pre-diabetes is insulin resistance, and insulin resistance, the overwhelming cause of it is leaky gut. Hmm. And the more we can, for instance, a fasting insulin level uh, should be absolutely less than 10 And most of us think it should be less than six. Uh, I'll give you a personal example. When I started on myself uh, 23 years ago, uh, my fasting insulin level was 16. My fasting insulin level, and that's very high. That's pre-diabetic. My fasting insulin level now is two. My wife has a fasting insulin level of less than one. I hate her. Um, I can't. I can't. (laughs) So,
2: so at sixteen, would you say you
1: had leaky gut? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay.
3: And you can do Uh, this just with normal blood work, right? You just have to. Yeah. A fasting
1: insulin level costs you eight bucks. Wow. Wow. The other thing I would recommend everyone get is a highly sensitive HS dash. CRP. And just kind of remember the word crap. It's a marker of inflammation, and it makes you feel like crap. And so those are two really easily obtained tests, cheap tests. That's a really good starting point. And this is all in the book. And I okay. go through other tests that people can get. And by the way, that. and there's
2: so much in the book, you guys, there's recipes, there's there's more specifics. We're just touching the broader strokes. It's it's called The Energy Paradox uh, by Dr. Stephen Gundry. It is out. And this is something that you will continually be able to refer to um, literally for the rest of your life. I, I think this is just so important. But doctor, please continue.
1: Yeah, so though that's a really good starting point again there's there's more sophisticated tests we can do um these but this but, is a really good starting and
2: point. with the you highly can, sensitive hs-crp what levels are we looking for are there is it a yes and
1: no a positive negative l- less than one yes. less than one and anything above that you're you better go looking for why that is mm.
2: and very Simple well could be
1: and very well could be leaky gut
2: Correct. And is there a more, okay, so if someone is a little bit
1: Let me give you another example. If you've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, like Hashimoto's, thyroid... Which is what, I I have that. Perfect. So you have, by definition, leaky gut. And if we get rid of your leaky gut, 90% chance in my clinic that your Hashimoto's will go away. In fact, 80% of my practice is now autoimmune diseases that nobody can figure out. And we have a 90% success rate with ridding someone of an autoimmune disease uh, by following our program. That's all in the energy paradox.
2: Wow. Dr. Gundry, where is your practice?
1: So I have offices in Palm Springs and in Santa Barbara. And uh, we see people from all over the world. We we actually take insurance. We take Medicare. um, Yeah.
2: I'm, I mean, I believe it. It's such an investment in yourself. And then, if you did want to invest in a more sophisticated test, you'd said some of the testing is, is expensive is it for the leaky yeah. gut. Is there, what, what would be an example? Yeah. So,
1: one of the best, uh, the one I use, is a company called Vibrant America. And their test for leaky gut is. St- stupidly named the wheat zoomer and the name was made up long before zoom calls i assure you Hmm. Uh, but it is a wonderfully accurate test for leaky gut and it'll cost you 199 bucks
2: i mean short money in my opinion for for the ramifications that are going on and i think um certainly so much with um our food uh because I know we don't have you too long. Can can we talk about uh, timing and chrono consumption, you know, for for maybe the eating habits and how those are feeding into this?
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, One of the things that probably most of us are aware of but don't think about is we, we now eat, the average American is eating something for up to 16 hours every day. From literally the second we wake up until right before we go to bed. And that gives us about eight.
0: As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs>
1: Uh, We didn't do that. In fact, if you look at hunter-gatherers like the Hadzas, they don't don't get up and say, what's for breakfast? There is no breakfast. They have to find breakfast. And so they actually don't eat until about 11 o'clock in the morning when they've found something to eat. And studies have looked at the impact. Of compressing our eating window and what I call chrono consumption, timed consumption. We could call it intermittent fasting, we can t- call it time restricted feeding, however we want to call it. But the evidence in humans as well as in animal studies show that the more we can compact our eating window, the time we start eating to the time we finish eating during the day to about six to eight hours is going to have incredible ramifications on our health, our health span, our longevity, and paradoxically, our energy production. We've been told, oh my gosh, you know, I got to eat lots of meals all throughout the day to keep my energy levels up. And in fact, this is actually the way to stop your energy production that I go into in the book. The other thing that's really important that the book really stresses is it's almost impossible for most people who have insulin resistance to go, let's suppose tomorrow I say, okay, tomorrow we're all going to have break fast breakfast at noon. Okay, let's go. Well, most of us would fall flat on our faces trying to get to noon because we actually can't make a shift in energy production. But at the same time, tomorrow, let's suppose you normally eat breakfast at 7. I'll say, let's make it to 8 before you eat breakfast. Can you do that? And you go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Then I'll say, how about Thursday, uh, Friday, we make it till 9 o'clock. Can you do that? Okay. And I'll let you have the weekend off. And then next week, we'll start again one hour at a time delaying our breakfast. And we have a six-week program where slowly but surely we retrain our eating habits so that by the end of six weeks, you're eating breakfast at noon, and you're finishing up about 7 o'clock at night, and the energy levels soar. And the good news is you actually get time off on the weekends uh, and we've shown in human studies that if we give you a break over the weekends, you're liable to stick with this program for life. And it literally is a life-changing and energy-changing program. I believe
2: it. And and how does, uh, we've had some sleep specialists on the show. How does sleep
1: affect this, or does it? The, the... Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it turns out, and I've been writing about this for years, one of the things that people need to realize that The brain actually undergoes a wash cycle where it cleans itself, and and it happens early in sleep, and it's called deep sleep. And you need a tremendous amount of blood flow to your brain to accomplish this, literally a wash cycle. If you eat near the time you go to bed, our digestion takes huge amounts of blood flow, and All that blood is down in your intestines doing the work, and it's not available to actually wash your brain. And that's why study after study shows that it's really important to have at least three hours between your last meal of the day and the time you go to sleep so your brain is able to undergo this wash cycle. And what's so exciting about that is during this wash cycle, you wash out all of this debris that accumulates in your brain, things like uh, tau proteins, things like amyloid plaques that are very highly associated with developing Alzheimer's. And without that wash cycle, uh, these things don't get washed out. So it's another reason why not eating near the time you go to bed is so important. To protect your brain, if nothing else.
2: Obeying the chronic consumption plan, as you said. Um, can can we so we earlier we mentioned you mentioned the seven deadly disruptors. Can you speak to to, to some of the, the deadly disruptors in terms of brain health? Sure.
1: Yeah, real real briefly, one of the things, the number one energy disruptor is antibiotics. Uh, broad spectrum antibiotics that we take. Uh, that are fed to our animals. Uh, People don't realize that it's still very legal to feed cows, pigs, uh, antibiotics that make them grow fatter and faster. It's illegal now to feed them to chickens. However, there's a loophole in the law that if a veterinarian taking care of 100,000 chickens thinks that one chicken might be sick, that he can give antibiotics to the entire flock to save that one chicken and the vet is hired by the big food corporation and of course he might have an interest in keeping his job uh so it 60 percent, uh, some studies show of natural non-antibiotic chickens still have uh antibiotic so residue. so
2: if, doc for the for the you know for the average person out there we, we're where can we buy meats that are um that are going to be free of that uh, you know yeah or so are there look
1: ones? F- so look for grass fed grass finished beef and it's really important to look for the second part here's the problem it there is no legal definition of grass fed so if a cow eats grass for one day of its life and then is taken to the feedlot and fed grains and soybeans the rest of its life, you can legally call it grass-fed because it ate grass for one day. Uh, On the other hand, if it eats grass its entire life, then that means it's grass-fed and grass-finished. And you'll find this labeling, uh, for instance, Whole Foods is is just an example. Know your farmer. The same way with chickens. The federal law, get this, says that you can label a chicken free-range organic. If you keep it in a warehouse with 100,000 other chickens, feed it organic corn and organic soybeans, and open a door to the outside for five minutes every 24 hours, and the chicken has the opportunity to go outside. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's a catch. If the price of organic grains and soybeans go double the normal price. You can switch over to conventional grains and soybeans and still label it organic because you meant well. Oh my gosh! Federal so, law passed in two thousand seven.
2: So what is the for us? What is the workaround? Like I know we, with the other ones, we have grass fed, grass no, finished.
1: No, you, so try to find pasture raised chicken and know your farmer. And find out what additional foods that you're, uh, that they're feeding them. Uh, Go ahead, Dr. Sorry. Yeah. There's even, uh, come to my podcast, the Dr. Gundry podcast, and look for Farmer Dan's interview, lectin-free chicken. Farmer Dan is in Texas and he's now raising lectin-free pastured chicken.
2: That's awesome. and It's really cool. Is it true that, um, that lamb is, is one of the meats that's not shot with steroids? I had heard that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, lamb from New Zealand is grass fed and grass finished. Uh, about 80% of lamb from Australia is grass fed and grass finished. Unfortunately, a great deal of the lamb in the United States is fed grains. I actually have several sheep farmers that have had to switch over to feeding their lambs grain to get them to market uh, economically. Mm-hmm. So, but New Zealand has a law that you can only have grass fed, grass finished. Wow. Lamb.
2: And so, what are some of the other disruptors, Doctor, while I still have
1: you? So, uh, a ton of our pharmaceuticals, even over the counter pharmaceuticals, are bait great way to uh, make leaky gut for instance ibuprofen and naproxen advil and aleve are actually like swallowing hand grenades that make holes in the wall of our gut the antacids like nexium and prilosec actually change your gut microbiome and wildly enough they actually stop the production of energy in our mitochondria and that's why there used to be a law that you could only take these for only two weeks because they were so dangerous in producing dementia and congestive heart mm. failure. And now we have people on these for years and years and years yeah. for heartburn.
2: And what and what do you say to like Tums and th- those kind of antacids?
1: Tums are perfectly safe, although aids actually have less sugar than Tums. Okay. All right. That's kind of good. So that's to an option. When we need that. Any other disruptors? But heartburn, believe it or not, is a sign of lectins, and lectins are the cause of heartburn. I used to have horrible heartburn, uh, and once I got lectins out of my life, it all went away, like all my patients. More disruptors. Uh, Blue light. We were talking about sleep. Blue light is everywhere. It's in our computer screens. It's in our cell phones. It's in our lighting. And blue light actually makes you stay awake. It's one of the best sleep disruptors ever devised. And it makes you hungry. Uh, Blue light was designed to stimulate hunger hormone production. And (laughs) so uh, when you go home, get yourself a pair of blue blocking glasses. They're becoming extremely cheap. They don't necessarily look like sunglasses anymore. Wear them once the sun goes down. Uh, make sure on your devices that you put the nighttime mode, uh, automatically tr- change over to less blue light, uh, after the sun goes down. Uh, if you're going to watch a TV uh, before you go to bed, please, please, please get a pair of blue blocking glasses to watch it and make a big difference. Wow.
2: Um, and I guess lastly, like j- just, I know you, you have in the book some do's and don'ts you know, I, I know we heard a lot already, <laughs> yeah. but in summary, you know, I guess the do's are eating, you know, it seems so, like, it,
1: you know, it's interesting. Uh, and I've said this in every book. I learned this from a gastroenterologist at Great Ormond Street in London when I was training there. It's not what I tell you to eat that's so important. It's what I tell you not to eat that's so important. Oh. And rule number one, we've got a yes list and a no list, but it's far more important to Stay away from the things that are going to cause leaky gut. And those in general are the grains except sorghum and millet. Uh, If you're going to eat like rice, believe it or not, eat white rice instead of brown rice. Really? 4 billion people use rice as their staple and 4 billion people use white rice rather than brown rice. Four billion people cannot be that stupid. They've been taking the hull off of rice for 8,000 years because the hull contains the lectins.
2: Wow. Wow. Right, because, you, you know, because I do see in some of the Asian cultures that live incredibly long times, they're eating the
1: rice you just described. Yeah. Right, and the other thing they do, most of these Asian cultures, they cook a large pot of rice, um, like on a weekend, And then they sit it on a counter and it cools. And then they reheat it every day. And they've been making resistant starch out of their rice for generations. And we're just, we're not smart enough to recognize what cultures do.
2: Okay, so Kelsey's been having massive stomach issues for the past seven to ten years. We're kind of using the show to gather the data we need to, to, you know alleviate it. We're having, we're, we're getting clues. We haven't had luck as of yet. I know there's a lot of candida in there, right? So Kelsey, can you speak to some of your situation while we have the great one on the phone?
3: Yeah. And actually Dr. Gundry, it was interesting because I was listening to another um, podcast you were on this morning and you talked about a woman who had, can like everyone has candida, but her overgrowth yeah. was like insane and that's what my doctors told me about mine and it's not getting better and i'm taking the antifungal and this and that and you gave her vitamin d so now i'm up in my vitamin d but yeah i know i did the, the Zoom or i have leaky gut i have candida i have all the things so
2: and the protruding stomach is just it's really, literally pregnant no, when you no, said pregnant no, i laughed we I feel, I feel terrible and you know why you feel so bad is that she actually has the discipline to eat correctly or eat what she's told and I've I've now observed it for over a month, Maria, longer, um, and we're not getting results. It's really frustrating.
1: So number one, you can't give it what it wants to eat. And just so that you remember, we make uh, wine and beer from giving yeast exactly what it wants, and that's fruit and grains, mm. and that's what it ferments. And you literally cannot have any fruit. You cannot have any fermentable grains and it makes a huge difference i've never had to give anyone an antifungal in my life to get rid of canada we just starve it yeah. and just don't give it what it wants have you
2: been eat, are you completely grain and fruit free kelsey yeah, yeah, yeah. You, for, for how long a
3: month maybe one month okay yeah mm-hmm. I
1: mean, and remember it can take up to a year to seal leaky gut back when i started this i was naive and i thought oh we can get rid of leaky gut in a couple weeks uh now because we track it with zoomers every three months we make substantial progress every three months and a lot of times we are able to get rid of a leaky gut in three months but some of my real hardcore troublemakers it can take us a year to get rid of it Dr. and
2: god please continue because i ahead. no i was going to say like it i'm sure i'm i actually just saw some celebrity and i don't want to help them but promoting a powder that seals leaky gut is that possible yet
1: well there are there are very helpful ways to seal leaky gut in fact I, you know i make a supplement called total restore which is really good at that but the problem is uh with my autoimmune patients uh, you cannot cheat and Even one little cheat starts the whole process all over again. So, yeah, there are really good supplements that help restore leaky gut. But if you are continually reintroducing these troublemakers, then um, again, it's like fighting a forest fire with a garden hose.
2: And so, in and, and Doc, where can we get some of your supplements? Because I think I'm, I'm going to follow the protocol, but I also would like to get the supplements too. Me so, too. where do we find? Is it Amazon or so, your website? So, yeah, so
1: you go to a gundrymd.com. Okay. And the the two supplements that I really recommend for leaky gut is Total Restore, and also BioComplete Three, and it has probiotics, prebiotics, plus it has actual bioavailable postbiotics it's actually the first one that's been nano encapsulated and it's been a real game changer for uh, lots of people
2: um with stevia or some of the sugar supplements um bad too
1: yeah no they're not bad stevia is perfectly safe quite frankly my favorite sweetener that i talk about in the book now is allulose oh and allulose is actually a prebiotic in and of itself i love Inulin, inulin is the best prebiotic there is. And you can actually find an inulin-based sweetener called Just Like Sugar. I have no relationship with them. And you can find that on Amazon. But allulose is is really interesting.
2: So Dr. Gundry has the, his part. Wait, oh, sorry, Kelsey's raising the hand. Go can ahead, I Kelsey? ask one more of quick course, question? Yeah, I mean,
3: Dr. Gundry, can you briefly touch on energy snacking? I'm obsessed with that idea. I know so much of what's going on in me and so many others has to do with stress. And I just, I love this. I love this.
1: Yeah. So energy snacking is, uh, we've been convinced uh, that we should be, you know, exercising 45 minutes a day, walking 10,000 steps. And the example I use, believe it or not, the 10,000 steps was made up by a Japanese pedometer company to sell pedometers. There's no actual (laughs) clinical evidence that you need to walk 10,000 steps, uh, but what people, people have no time. And right. what we found uh, is that if we can break down exercise into just a few minutes, you will get the benefit. For instance, so walking up and down stairs for a minute, you'll get the benefit as if you walk 10 minutes straight. If you're watching, if you're Netflix you know binge watching, do a plank for a minute while watching it, do jumping jacks for a couple minutes. You can get out your iPhone and put on your favorite tune and dance for three minutes. And what we found is much of our hunger is actually coming from boredom, particularly in the last year, as most of us know. And that boredom can be broken by an so there's a, an exercise snack. And what happens is there's all these new cool hormones that your muscles make called myokines. And your myokines tell your brain, number one, you're not hungry. And number two, they tell your mitochondria that make energy to make more energy. So it's this win-win. It cuts your hunger so you don't go reaching for the dumb energy bar, which actually saps your energy. And it actually powers up your mitochondria. So it's a win-win. The other thing I say, look, you're going to brush your teeth twice a day. While you're brushing your teeth, do squats, do Mm -hmm. deep knee bends. You're not doing anything else. And there you go. You got two minutes of squats in your day that were free.
3: And I'm sure it helps so much with, with stress, right? And like people just getting up and just moving their bodies a little bit
1: absolutely yep. it, it actually floods your brain with all these really new cool feel-good hormones these myokines oh i love it
2: right, we have to let dr gundry go but wow what a pleasure so much information here you, you guys once again the book is the energy paradox you can also check out dr gundry's podcast um if if you're in the area um you know i recommend visiting him i think when i get to la doc i'm, I'm Gotta oh, yeah. become a Come patient. On down. Yeah, I I'm long overdue. Mm-hmm. I've really just uh yeah, I, I've I've like white knuckled through everything for so long. Um, but again, just doctor, thank you so much. Just keep up the work. And and like I said to everyone out there who's suffering from this, which I literally think is everybody, um, this book is uh is a roadmap to to getting better. Thank you again. Well, thanks doctor. a
1: lot. And just all your listeners, fatigue is not your fate. I guarantee it.
2: Fatigue is not your fate.
1: Thank you, Dr. Gundry.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Gundry.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody. Terrific job.
2: Wow. Oh, Kelsey Meyer. Wow. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do.
3: Yeah, me too. But
2: you know, with Kelsey, what I heard with you is that, you know, we really have to be on the, we really are running a marathon with you. Like it could be a year. I know. But I it's okay, and I, I see all the places where I've made mistakes.
3: I was thinking the same thing.
2: Right? <sighs> you know, so uh, I'm sure it's funny, Stephen, you know, who's his brother's a scientist. I bet you a lot of this was resonating with him, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Stephen, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So did did a lot of this hit home with you, Stephen, and your <clears throat> issues with um, sleep, fatigue, diet, everything?
4: Uh I thought it made a lot of sense honestly. Um the only thing that I was kind of put off by was I I don't think like and you know what I don't want to focus on the negative. Um I'll focus on on the the interesting things which was the fruit thing. That yeah, was like the biggest like, right? Thing I know. Yeah, oh, I know. like God. the fact that grapes have as much and I know that you know it's so hard cuz I feel like our entire society is kind of based on marketing and gaslighting us into believing something that's not necessarily (laughs) (laughs) the truest. And, you know, it starts with every cereal commercial being like part of a balanced breakfast. It's like, yeah, eat this bowl of sugar.
3: (laughs) You guys, it honestly gives me anxiety because I don't even know who or what to trust anymore. Like 10,000 steps. Oh, come on. Come on,
2: well, well, well. Here is what we know about ten thousand steps. It's not bad for you. No, okay, no, no, no. so it's but that, just, just an
3: example. It's
2: it's it may not lead to what they're saying it leads to, but I, I know if you if you even just Google um, cultures that live long, mm-hmm. you will find that it's they're low stress, that they eat the way he is saying, right, and that they move a lot. So, uh, so anyway, so, and then Steven, I want to, no, it's okay to hear the, 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 I want to hear the, the other side of things. I I love that.
4: Well, the thing that like, I think it was more his, uh, what his explanations were based on was like saying that plants don't want to be eaten, but really like plants have evolved over millions of years on the basis of propagation by being eaten. So I'm wondering if, Mm -hmm. if there's some other thing where it's like the lectins are more there to prevent the DNA of the seeds being digested so that they can propagate as opposed to being like mm-hmm. a active, like, I don't want to be eaten kind of thing, mm. you know?
2: Yeah, but does it make sense that they have the lectins in them that would kind of tear apart your gut? That seemed like that made sense.
4: I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, when you're dealing with evolution through propagation where your your babies basically have to go through the intestines of another being, they have to be strong enough to survive that. So why would we be able to digest something that is actively being evolved to not be digested?
3: Oof. Yeah. I like heavy. how you just explained that.
4: Yeah, heavy.
2: And, and and you know, when we think of the incidence of all these new afflictions, well, they're not new, but, but yeah. we see them so much more. Like you said, Parkinson's and all these other things. Um. Yeah. The it, one that, go ahead, Sorry. No, 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 that's it.
3: I said that speaking of that, the one that really got me was I'm a bad... Like I don't eat that much, but if I do, I'm a late night snacker and I've curbed that or am attempting to. But what he said about how your brain doesn't get washed if you are eating too close to bed because mm-hmm. your blood's being used elsewhere. It's u- being used for digestion. I was yeah. like, oh my God, holy cow. Yeah. yeah.
2: And currently we we know that you're going to gain weight from doing that. 100%, yeah. But we do not we're not thinking about what it's doing to our
4: brains. But it's
3: why you often wake up or all wake I would wake up on those Exhausted. days. Exactly.
4: Tired. I yeah. liked the uh quote he gave we're all preparing for a winter that's never coming. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. But right? Crazy. But true. You crazy. know crazy. So true. Anyway, yeah, it was uh yeah, I took a lot of notes here and um and I'm gonna put some of the stuff in action and again more um more tools in our hardware store we're yeah. building. <laughs> and I wanna give
3: you guys another um Dr. Littman The first time he was on, talked about um, the grass-fed, grass-finished as well, and we used to have a little sponsor called Thrive, and I'm sure Dr. Gundry would also say Thrive's a good one, but that was another place Dr. Lippman also told us we could shop. So Whole Foods, Thrive's amazing because you can order it online. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's massive.
2: Massive. Okay, you guys. Well, um, Kelsey, until then what?
3: (gasps) Until then, you guys you always like I'm like never ready when you do that I well think we're okay
2: well that. until then like everyone just <laughs> okay, send okay, okay. well wishes to Winchenza. Yeah, yeah she's sleeping I can't right find
3: her other bed so <gasps> Vincenzo's other bed oh
2: I think maybe it went in the washing machine so maybe it's up in the <sighs> Orkley <historically> pee <laughs> on the bed and on the entire table
3: yeah oh that's right well you guys okay now I'm better prepared um, be nice people Make good choices and be present and get this book. I'm excited to dive in.
2: And fatigue is not your fate.
3: That's right. Bye.
0: Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show